up all you fishing addicts out there? Welcome to the Addicted Fishing Podcast. And I don't know what episode this is because we stopped doing that a long we time ago. We stopped doing that, Marlon, because every time we're like, yeah, we're going to do out like all these episodes every week. And then we tell you a number. And then it's like a month later. <laughs> Dude, where and then is it's like one more succession. <laughs> no, it's not four numbers. It's only one number off, but it was like a month later that people go, what the heck, dude? Yeah, it was. It was. But we got Popoff in the in the studio tonight, which is guy? not a normal occurrence. Hey, I'm back. He literally like lives on the river, like sleeps in his drift boat and stuff. I did. I was living in a trailer for like 90 days, man. It's nice to have a new bed. I went and bought a new bed. <laughs> you were able to earn some money to go buy a new bed? Oh, uh, no, I stole it. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Found it on the corner. You know, just picked it up. It, it, was, it was a good season, man. I had fun. So, what I'm season back. was that? Just your. So, why are you here? Well, I went from Bowie 10 and then I went over to Tillamook area and fished that. And now I'm back kind of in my drift boat, but I stay at home when I do my drift boat fishing. So, cool. Actually, get to see my family and. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a normal, a, yeah. normal life. Live yeah. a normal life. I, I guess think that's kind of what we were going to talk about a little bit today is just we're getting kind of later into fall now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so there's some fish showing up, I think, right, Cam? Nope. Lies. <laughs> He's been murdering them, contrary I'm, to what you guys want to believe. I've not been, quote unquote, murdering them, but I do think, like, you know, the fish runs really late. The water's been really low. We're starting to see like a trickle effect, which I think might be a good thing. Because you, you know, yeah. if the run's not as strong as it's going to mm-hmm. be, I probably don't want them all showing up at once. No, I mean it would be nice. I mean, if you get for days, about a week, for about a week. <laughs> but we're definitely getting a trickle effect. And yeah, I mean the last, yeah, the last three, four weeks we've been catching some. You know, some days are definitely with a with a weaker run. You see inconsistent fishing. Yep. You have hot day, dead day, hot day, head day. Like someone, buddy of mine, us. Calling me the bipolar fisherman on the river because yeah. every day it's like, oh yeah, it's awesome, and the next day, oh, it sucks. Yeah. Oh, it's awesome. That was that was very similar to how it's been out, the, you know, on the coast too. Same exact for shook. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're fishing for shook yeah. or coho? Oh, all shook. I mean, we're catching coho too, but you know, it's all wild out there. No hatchery return, so but it's been the same thing. You know, inconsistent. Some really good days, and then all of a sudden you think you got them figured out. You oh. go back, and it's just like. Crickets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. you should have been here yesterday. Yeah, the, fam- the famous guideline, you should have been yeah. here yesterday. I know you've been begging for rain. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we got a little shot of rain, and that's kind of why, I mean, I'm in a weird spot now. I'm not really fishing a bunch because I got the drift boat out because we had that, like, shot of rain where the river came up, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden it's like, I looked at the forecast, and it was like 15 days of just pure sun. I'm like, oh, God. So I kind of been pushing people out, and looks like we got some rain coming in the forecast, so... We'll see what happens. Hopefully. I know, but it doesn't look like much. It doesn't look like much, right? I saw like 30%, 40%. Like some sprinkles and stuff. I mean, it's a creek down there. The rivers are creeks down there. Like, you can't get a drift boat down them right now. Or you want what about a raft? Oh, a raft, a raft you could Absolutely. for sure. And are people doing that? No, because, I mean, it's weird, you know, those... It, I mean, I'm sure you could find a few fish here and there, you know, but it's it's going to take some... Super low. I'm talking like lower than I've ever fished it. You know, I mean, it's at like three. The I think the the coastal rivers are between three and four feet, which is like, <laughs> dude, I'm fishing summertime like, low. Six, yeah, summertime lows. Yeah, like you could walk across the river. So like you know, some of the rivers around here, you know, you get you know low conditions. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll raft or we'll sled into like mm-hmm. some of the tidal areas. And yeah, stuff. I mean, you you guys experience. So yeah, that we're down still there? doing the same thing. I mean, we're fishing tidewater still, and there's you know some guys are sitting in the lower sections of the rivers and going up from tidewater into the bottom sections of the rivers. Like and, the first few riffles. But the problem bowls. is, is those fish have been there. You know, we got that little shot of rain, and then they've been in there, so they're just staging mm-hmm. there, and it's you so know, they've seen every bait. They're washing in and out. Yeah, yeah. I heard and some then, rumors that some dudes were. 
smashing them on our twitching jigs in the tidal water. It's yeah, yeah. I, that was one of the things I did this year. It was pretty, pretty amazing, dude. First it up. Both. Yeah, I mean, both. we'd get both, but there's, you know, where I'm at in the coast, there's a lot of coho, man, and and it was like, you know, when it's slow fishing, we'd go out and fish because there's a mix of hatchery and wild on this river, and, mm-hmm. dude, it was nothing I've ever experienced. I mean, like... And you, you wouldn't could, have experienced it had the water no, not been no, kind of keeping it, there. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, it would stage them and pull them up, and they would be in a certain section or a certain flat of the river, and you could just literally I'd go kill the motor and just drift for a mile, you know, and just... I mean, it was insane. So That sounds fun. We'll be getting some cool video of that at some point, because I've, I've never done it before up there, you know. It was just one of those things. We had a, a weird season where the water came up, and some all the fish, the Chinook that were staged up, moved up. Which brought more of the coho in, and then the water just fell out from underneath them. So all this coho. Yeah, we got just more rain in, in September. Oh, absolutely. Way more rain in yeah, September, we did. and then nothing in October. Well, that's what I was talking with Big Dave the other day, and, and we were like, "If you would have asked me in September <laughs> if we'd still be fishing for Chinook, like by the end of, by Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I would have said never, you know. But now it's like it doesn't even look like it's going to start until Thanksgiving, yeah, you know, right. whatever. So we'll see what happens. I know they're still getting them in the bays, and you know there's still fish trickling in. Even up so. some of the Columbia trips, we've been popping some that are still like long-tailed sea lice, as gorgeous and bright as you would catch at buoy ten on the first yep. push. Like, well, you know it's they're crazy. They're still coming. Even some. I mean, this just goes along with low water and stuff. But on the last few days, I fished the river because we did have that one rise in my drift boat. We were catching fish that were. I'm, like bronze, like fish I was going to, like, that I would let go any day, you know, and I still released a lot of these fish, but man, they were just long tail sea lice. Like, you could just tell red belly, been up and down the tide and, you know, belly in the sand for months, probably, <laughs> you know, sitting in tide water. And I mean, just caked with sea lice, like all along the back, their fins, their, you know, the anal fin, I mean, more than you typically see. And, you know, up in the and river. bronze and already. bronze, like that's crazy. Like bronze, bronze. Yeah, maybe those are like lower river spawners that change a little bit even out the salt. Like yeah, and I think that's it. You know, get some of that effect. Yeah, and in our lower tide water, you know, those fish will come in there and they'll stage for you know weeks at a time. Some of those mm-hmm. fish will come in and you know the end of August and they'll sit in there until it's time to you know they get the first rain. So those fish can be in there for a month or two, and I don't know how long the sea lice live on those fish. You know that are in brackish type water, but. These fish have long, long tail sea lice on them. It's pretty cool to see. So, I mean, if you think about it, you know, sea lice, chinooks, especially like even where I'm at, it, you just don't. There's no S on chinook. Ch- chinooks. <laughs> long tail. Long chinooks. chinooks. No. It's a new species, dude. Now I'm just going to say chinooks. The rest You've of the been day, saying just... it for ever since I've known you. Every time you say it, it annoys me. Just to take you off. Steelheads. Get ready. Oh, God. <laughs> Trout, get ready. Oh, trouts, coho's, trouts. This is this is gonna be epic. Uh, chums, chums. Oh, man. Man. That one works. You though. do say pinks though. Yeah, pinks, chums, pinks, sockeyes. Oh God, oh. man, this is going straight down the gutter. Anyways, but no, like you, like I said, the trickle effect. I yeah. think it's definitely on it. And with that said, you know, one of the rivers that that we fished a lot and we just haven't because the water was low. We did finally dip into that we were floating down the river and you know chum you know they will chums they will move <laughs> up the river at least in the oh, lower yeah. areas and yeah. spawn and we're yeah. rolling down this like and it's it's like not chum time it's like past like these yeah. there should be thousands of running up and it's like wow i guess it's just a terrible chum year blah 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 and, and this is like three weeks after they should have been there yeah and then we get down to tidewater and 
here they are. They're everywhere. <laughs> There's thousands yeah. of really nice chrome. Like, okay, I'm like, these guys are three weeks behind. And these mm-hmm. things, those guys can push up. Oh, yeah, they and, do in a lot of rivers. Yeah, they'll push up and spawn. So maybe we're just, something went screwy out there, and we thought well, I think, what we think and what the salmon think are two different things. I'm a, I'm a firm believer in everything's getting later. I mean, I, I don't know if it's just a trend we're in or if it's like, you know, just nature doing its thing, but... Like, every run, it seems to be, I mean, look at our springers, mm-hmm. you know, our Willamette springers cross in July now. You never would have fished for springers in July, right. you know? And you so, know, they had a really weird, really, I mean, good tuna year. You know, they caught yeah. marlin. A couple, yeah. couple marlin were and caught off Westport. And, and freaking oh, Dorado, all sorts of random yeah. stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Our oceans are obviously changing at some point, but I don't know what that does to our runs, you know? Does it push them back or who knows? Or maybe they sense this dry weather pattern, you know, and it's like they yeah. know more than we do. We don't, you know. Right. I have well, no we idea. think. Well, we think of the Sabbath year two different things. Yeah. I mean, really, realistically though, you say you know things are getting later. Well, last year we had the most historically late push of fish arrive into the hatcheries. It was the first week of December, Damn. which is like three be over two, by two, then? Two, yeah i mean yeah. two to three weeks after the latest you know peak arrival we've ever had at a hatchery like ever and last year was like two weeks even after that well because wasn't the early catch data like all the pit tags and stuff from the coho in the ocean and stuff supporting a huge run i mean yeah they yeah it was a strong run yeah. yeah yeah so i mean you never, i did find i, I did you find don't know until it's over you but, don't that's yeah. what's crazy yeah. is dude it could get it could turn bonkers yeah it really well, could. I, I will say like Going from, and this is just like in it, where I'm, you know, out on the coast, like from this year to last year, I mean, it's a, it's a big difference. Like, I mean, it may not, I mean, it may not be like a big difference numbers wise, but you know, angler opportunity and stuff is a, there's a big difference between last year's fishery, how many fish were caught last year and what I've seen caught this year. And like the success people are having, it's much better. better. Much oh better. Yeah, yeah. 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 Absolutely. Like, and it, I, I mean, we won't know until, you know, all it's all said and done, but mm-hmm. like this year it was last year, it was like, dude, you had to work. Like, you right. know, you were and and you had to find a pot of fish and stay on them all day. And like this year it was like, there was just like consistent fishing, you know, like you could, you had to work for them still, but there was a lot more fish around then. And so hopefully that's like the trend, you know. Yeah, you wouldn't call it a, a banner year, you no, know, but no. you definitely call it a year better than last, which I think for most people yeah, <laughs> would, would agree good, with that. Yeah, and it's just a good thing to see, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's like we finally start to see something positive in our fishery, yeah. you know, and that's. Let's hope the steel had fallen off. I mean, oh. they should, right? I mean, yeah, I'm I mean, a little worried about them. I am after too. the summer, after the summer steel, I think the, the basically Dude. the collapse, the collapse our coastal of Columbia. Summer. Well, not not just there. The coastal steel yeah. steelhead was like disgusting. Yeah, like, <clears throat> like but maybe we're trending. In, maybe we're trending, like you said. Maybe we're trending in the positive direction, and uh, things will get a little better, and we'll be catching beautiful coho and shit up till Christmas. What are you seeing, like jack wise? Are you seeing quite a bit, or? I'm not. No, I haven't either. Me neither. Yeah. Seen a few. When we well, were... I won't say I, like there was actually a lot of Chinook jacks this year, like that that we saw, and I caught a lot, like out in the salt. You yeah. know, like there was a lot, like right when I'm fishing, like the jaws and stuff. It's like there was there was yeah, quite there were some days like even off the Columbia where like that's all you caught. That's yeah, true. A bunch of shorts, tons of feeders, unless they're feeders or you or know. tons. Yeah, shorts. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, whether they they're could jacks have been. or feeders or what, but. 
I don't know. That's that was worried because last year, like we saw a ton of jacks. Like yeah, and say after that, I wouldn't assume that jacks mean anything good. Yeah, but that's what I was gonna say. Is like, does that really mean? Well, that's what I was talking to Kevin Gray about it, and he's like, dude, he's like, that prediction model just doesn't work anymore. It's, it's like you can't base it off. It, I yeah, think. he's I like, mean, our models just aren't the same as what they once were. You know. Yeah. I think that, you know, our runs have diminished so much that it. I don't. I don't know if that's a true indicator of what you know. They say they're from what I've heard. The Jack run on like silvers, particularly, is like that's a dead indication because. They're all three year fish, mm-hmm. you know. So that's like that. I mean, that's like the perfect model. Yeah, but usually, it didn't work for it, it this year, you know. And what's crazy is like looking at like some of like the stuff for like the Oregon coastal numbers, and mm-hmm. you know, you look at like their prediction model or their forecast to like what their actual models are, and they're really good mm-hmm. at predicting yeah. when they're going to see those those spikes yep. uh, in the adult numbers. And I think a lot of it comes from that jacket. It'll be interesting. To see, see where, yeah. see where yeah, exactly. like you said, it takes one good rain, and there could be a ball of fish out there. I mean, the Coda wire tags are getting caught in really good numbers, some record-setting numbers out there for some of the yeah, tributaries. I mean. So, like, like dude, I mean, I, I, yeah, I just don't I'm see still, fish. Just I'm still sitting. hopeful. Yeah, I mean, you have to be. I mean, you can't just like, especially just from what I've seen in the last couple of weeks. Like, it makes me think. Yeah. All I know, things will be good. Is from fishing the river that I fish just incessantly, and I've done for like the last. 15 years, mm-hmm. there's some years where I am hanging up the rods on November 7th. Like, yeah. we're done. Yeah. Like, the, the, the run has come, the waters are up, yep. you can go beat the snot out of the river the next week and maybe catch a few darkies, and it's game yeah. over. Yeah. And here we are, like, having, I'll just say it, we're having some of the best days right now that, that you've we're having all year. And yeah. that surprises the hell out of me. And beautiful fish, too, yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, black, platinum, mm-hmm. chrome, long tail sea lice yeah. fish. Yeah, and we're still seeing that, you know, even on the... It's weird, because I, I, I don't even remember a year that there was still a bay fishery going on in November. I mean, there are guys still fishing the bays and having pretty good success. Yeah. I mean, it's cool. Is anyone fishing the Columbia? I've seen pictures from a few guys fishing, and I've heard a couple like, you know, wasn't it pretty good up above or something? Yeah, I've heard above the stuff. dam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that closed. That closed November one. So yeah, I think those was, guys, yeah. and, that, and I don't think that reopened. Like mm-hmm. everything else below Bonneville reopened November one. Yeah, uh, but I do know, like, kind of through another mutual guide buddy that I got a, another guy I know who's going out to some of our three sixty haunts, and he's getting three or four takedowns every time he goes, and getting a few huh. fish just a couple hours after work, kind of crap. So I. He's still chipping away out him out there. What's the water temperature like out there? Is it cold? I don't know. Out in the Columbia. I have no idea. I haven't been there for, I don't know. <laughs> I heard it's like a few weeks. out in the bays on the coast. I heard it's just cold, like 49 degrees. I mean, that's frigid to get yeah. fish. Yeah. I mean, if you would have told me we'd be fishing like 360s with a spinner in 49 degree water trying to get, you know, in November, I would tell you, no way. But, but it was working. They're doing it. I mean, that's, <laughs> you know. Well, it was a couple years ago. <clears throat> they were smashing them, like, in the first week of November out in the Columbia. Just Matt, like. Oh, yeah. No, no. When we had that monster run, I think the last day, I think one of the last days I fished the Columbia just out of choice was, like, November 7th. And, shoot, we got. Plenty of coho. We got four or five Chinook, a bunch of chum. Yeah, but I think that's expected on like a, a bigger run is that you see, you know, oh, yeah. stronger, mm-hmm. you know, in the beginning and stronger later. Yep. But that's what's kind of weird about these smaller, like this year, 
is it still like kind of has that bigger run model, you know, because it started good for it's us. It's like spread it out. Yeah, I mean, I mean and, just kind of consistent. let's be consistent. honest, like the Chinook run, at least in the Columbia, definitely shaped up above forecast. Yeah. I mean, it did It did get, I think it was like 20% yeah. over the uh, forecasted. At least is what it's probably going to roll up to somewhere in there. I mean, it's a chunk. It was good fishing, um, though. Like, yeah. I mean, anyone... That says that wasn't good fishing. I, I mean, I, I had some well, best so days good. We had. call our quota real Yeah, quick. it was yeah. good to where they shut it down. <laughs> yeah, 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 it was so good. <laughs> we beat the snot out of them. Um, but, I mean, it was good from, you know, from day one, you know, August 1st all the way through. You yeah. Know? That's what yeah. was cool. I mean, it was just like, it was fun to have a consistent fishery. You know, For sure it was. To go out there and 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 to still be catching, you know, obviously what our topic is tonight is, you know, kind of fall fish. It's yeah. still going on three months later. It's know? amazing. So as the rivers start to get rain and actually start to get some water, what are you what are your tactics? Like what are you typically fishing and how are you? So I targeting? usually fish three different ways. I fish, you know, pulling plugs, you know, K fifteens, K sixteens, you know, brads, what whatever you're using. But um, I'll either pull plugs, bobber fish. Or back bounce. Those are kind of my three, like, you know, go-to tactics. And the rivers we're on are a little busier, so you got to kind of be equipped to do everything, you know, because there could be 20, 30 boats on the river in one day. Mm-hmm. So you just got to be prepared to slide in behind someone and put your plugs out or get into a hole and be able to back bounce or bob or fish and, and just be versatile, you know. That's... So how are you separating yourself from the 20 or 30 boats? I just I Without fish giving hard. away too much secrets. Yeah, I mean, I mean, honestly, I fish hard. You know, like I just I fish everything, and I I run my same pattern every day, and I know the river a little bit better than a lot of people. You know, that's mm-hmm. I'm on it every day, so I kind of know I get an idea of where those fish are day to day, and you know, I can really you know start it. You know, I, I always feel like your starting point is your most like that's how your day sets the tone. You know, you find a I, I find my from the day before I'm like okay I'm gonna start here, and if you can get a jump on those fish you know and, and get some started the, early get, get a few yeah, in yeah, the box yeah. it always feels nice yeah, when you're so then you get a little pressure relieved <laughs> off of you and then yeah. you can just kind of just pick your way through and find one here one there but it I mean we haven't really had the opportunity to to really I mean we had about the river came up we had probably I don't know four four days or so that was actual fishing the first two days was oh my god the leafs were like mm-hmm. it was you couldn't even fish i mean it was just like it was it was depressing but um we had three or four days of good fishing and we went out and we hammered on it man it was you know there, and it's nice that time of the year because there's still a bunch of guys out in the bay and you know everybody's kind of spread around so there wasn't a bunch of pressure but i think after this next rain is when everybody goes all right it's go time you know every, all the all the guides put away the big boats and pull out the drift boats and and uh Unless we don't get rain, we'll all be fishing in the bay the rest of the season. I don't know because I look at the forecast. I'm going to come down in a raft. <laughs> I think that I mean you know. Well, we it's fished that. You, 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 yeah, you took me down that. that river one day, mm-hmm. and it's the most crowded river in freaking Oregon. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I hate that river. I like yeah. it now. Yeah, it's kind of big steelhead on it one day. Yeah, that's right. One day. <laughs> but like, but we went down there that day, and you know, you, I mean, you were calling. Shots. We were we were fishing behind a few yeah. boats, and usually you get in those low water situations. You know, mm-hmm. you're good to be on the struggle bus, yeah. going behind guys that are sluicing the water pretty good. But no, you. We even set up on holes, and, and you purpose like, okay, I know there's fish here. Yeah, they've been blasted. 
We're yeah. just going to set up on these fish, mm-hmm. going to hang out a little while, yeah. let them kind of come back around, and, and we got them. And yeah. then we'd go and yep. we'd do the next move and we'd get them. Like, yeah. that, that, that timing and that movement... You know, even with the low water, yeah, was uh, yeah. was freaking spot on. We had a great day. Yeah, and it's awesome. weird. You know, I think that's kind of what you know. I get a lot. Of, uh, I get a lot of flack from people. You know, for fishing slow, but like, I mean, that's some days. That's mm-hmm. what pays off. You know, you sit in the spot. Oh, I guarantee and, I'd be so annoyed if I fished with you. Yeah, it's hard. You would it, be because would. first off, you're also gonna. First off, you're never gonna not see. Um, the light of day outside of Nick's shift boat. <laughs> so you're going to launch in the dark and you're going to row out in the dark because every single time, uh, but I haven't been with you on a real good just banging yeah. this. Let's be honest. Like when yeah. I go with you, it's because yeah. it's, oh, there's nothing else to do. Yeah. You don't want to yeah. take clients. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, let's go fishing. Yeah. All right, let's go have a good time. Yeah. And we have a great time and we catch fish still. Yeah. But like, you know, so to be and fair. And there are days that you're just yeah. going to like, I mean, dude, when the water conditions are right, you're going to put it in. You're just going to, it's going to be silly. I mean, that's kind of how it was those those three or four days we had. I mean, it was like, it's a one fish limit this year. So it's a little bit different than what we're kind of used to. You were used to being able to, you know, to harvest two fish. And I kind of, I mean, it, I, I'm not mad about it by any means i mean you you look at the end of the day and one 25 pound chinook is a, is a lot of fish to take home no matter which way you shake it you know but yeah. uh it's made it a little bit different you gotta have like you know guys are being a little more choosy they only get to keep five this year so it's like you know so guys aren't just blasting the first four and yeah getting off their yeah room. yeah i mean if they're not this year they've been there's dude some of the fish are just incredible Tanks. just big man like i've seen a couple this year that we lost one a week ago that was a giant like <laughs> you know <laughs> just like you just look and i mean you don't see the ton of those fish but they're all high quality fish no one's releasing a 20 pound just beautiful fish i mean it's just you know so they no one wants, no one's releasing it to catch a 30 yeah no not, <laughs> not very often you know i try to i try to talk them out of that but, you know there are guys that you know they fish they they fish just like we do they book trips and they come out because they want to go hang out and have a good day and not have all the pressure on them and their boat and those guys will you know fish it out and you know they try to harvest a big nice quality fish we did release a big buck the other day though like you know mid-30s buck that was just absolutely dying bright that you know it was the guy wanted to let it go and you know those are the fish we need in the river anyway so i'm all for it yeah so I don't know. It's it's going to be a good year, you know, and I think that hopefully we get some rain here and get up yeah. in there and focus on some of those tactics. Yeah. Instead so of out of those three, couch. what's your favorite to do? I think my favorite, like if you mean if me fishing or with clients, I mean. Well, so let's talk about both. For for me, I'm a back bouncing guy. I just there's something about that bite, you know. Like, it is fun too. And letting like them, that. you know, that it always starts out like a little trout bite, and it just gets heavier and heavier. And, and so it's like for me, feeling that bite is awesome. For clients, you know, they like to see the plug bobber. bite, you know, or bobber, you know, watch their bobber. It's like you know, bobber fishing is that one thing like clients can just see it, and it's so like. Oh, there it is. You know, like their bobber. Bobber fishing is ingrained into every yeah. Northwest trout fisherman. Absolutely. <laughs> How we all started. We've been bluegill. Doing, or, yep, yeah, yeah, bluegill or trout or bobber. whatever. It's, yeah. So you always had that bobber growing up, and it's just been a super effective way to fish, and they like it, you know. Plus, I think for clients, they really like casting, you know. Like, they get to do everything it's from engaging. casting to setting the hook to reeling mm-hmm. the fish in, so yeah. they feel like they're super involved. So I think I would say that clients would probably pick bobber fishing or a pull by 
nothing and that just never gets old to me no. seeing a bobber go under Dude, it just never thing. gets old even the other day we're out filming a tutorial we're doing like a cutthroat tutorial literally I'm showing <laughs> people how and my, I'm fishing for and I'm going out there you know granted a lot of these tutorials we film we're not trying to catch fish most yeah, of the time. Yeah. We're just going out trying to. Film so you're not time. expecting to yeah. catch a fish. Like yeah. I go to this little creek and I cast it out there. And my bobber goes like ten feet and it drains. And Sean was like, said he'd never seen me that freaking excited. And the fish was like twelve inch little cutthroat, you know. But it was just like watching that thing drain. I was so surprised that it happened. Yeah, yeah. that it just there's something exciting. About I like I like teaching people how to bobber fish because there's like there's so many different ways to do it and guys just like you know these huge hook sets and like you know it's it's like people don't realize like bobber fishing if you let that fish eat it and if you just reel it's either gonna grab or it's not and if and if it pulls out of the fish's mouth 90 percent of the time they will grab it again as long as there's not like raging current or something we had a fish one day grab it seven times in tide water like literally eat it like i'd reel it right out of his mouth and stop and it would eat it again and eat it again and then finally we caught it but like i mean it's incredible like i like hammering like, yeah. it into their faces so is what i do is i reel and once the tension's there then i set the hook but if you just set the hook on the initial, you know, number one, that's your only shot you're getting. If you don't hook yeah. them, you've just lost all your bait. So, like, that's my theory on the whole reel first before you, you know, you don't want to reel So, what about, talk to me about jigs. You've been using some jigs for these fall Chinook and Absolutely. potentially yeah. Addicted might be having some yeah. ones yeah. coming so, out soon. Uh, that's actually what I do most of. Like, I do it with my bobber fish, especially like a... Um, someone who's just getting into it or a first time fisherman or someone who hasn't handled the big spinning reel and a nine and a half foot rod, you know? So, um, I do a lot of bobber and jig fishing, you know, and it's super successful. It's kind of cool. Cause you get all the species you can get, you can get coho, you can get chum, you can get Chinook. Um, but it, people always relate jigs to, you know, steelhead fishing or, or whatnot. And dude, I, there's been a lot of days where, my jigs will outperform any bait in the water. I didn't believe it, so I had a buddy invite me over there. Probably, I mean, it's been six or seven years yeah. now, a really long time ago, and he's just telling me, like, oh, there's fall chinook, and I'm like, yeah. no, dude. I, I come with, like, a gallon Ziploc of eggs thinking this is all I'm going to use, you yeah. know, the whole time, and he just mopped me on jigs yep. i was like so surprised that i went home and i told joel's jigs the guy i was like yeah i'm like dude we gotta start making false chinook jigs i need i need some so he starts like cooking up all these little patterns and i yeah. went down that next weekend and started fishing jigs from then on you know it's a, I, I always i think that like there's always going to be those days where bait outperforms mm. hardware i mean just no matter what because there's some, they key in on a scent or a predatory reaction or whatever it may be but like for a jig there's no it's it's just like movement you know and so there's no like real smell or they're not eating it for it's just a reactionary bite you know and so i feel like on like stagnant fish or fish that are tougher to catch you know you're going to be more predominant catching with a jig because there's not all these different scents involved and like this you know like a bait bite is like something that i feel like if they're biting bait you better everybody better put bait on because it's like it's good. Mm -hmm. But if you're having to work a hole over and over and you're not getting bit on bait, then try something else. You know, I mean, those jigs are, it, there's a lot of days it's incredible. Do you cool. catch darker fish on jigs too, or just bright fish? A lot of bright fish. I but mean, you, you will catch darker ones too, but I, that's one thing I have noticed is you like, kind of key in on the bright ones. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of warm up. I don't fish, I don't fish any jigs or salmon. Well, there's none. 
I I started a long time ago, and mm-hmm. a, a guy showed me, and actually, I did it in tide. We I took him out in tide water, and believe it or not, like it worked just as good right next to bait. I mean, there was. Like I even went with Grant Sheely one time and mm-hmm. did it, and and he didn't believe me. I was so surprised, <laughs> dude. When I went and did it, I was yeah. just so so surprised. It's like, incredible. Like I, you would never think like that they would eat it. I look at it. The overbaited over eggs. I look at the bean eggs and sand shrimp. I look at this well, jig. I'm like, what the don't fuck? get it twisted. Yeah. There's a lot of times you're putting sand shrimp on that jig. Yeah, but I fish them bare a lot. Like I bet you ninety percent of the time I'm fishing them bare. Like because a lot of times I can't get bait or whatever it is, and there's plenty, plenty, plenty of times that out fishes my best eggs. Dude, know? I used to use my favorite pattern over there, and I'm sure you have favorite ones that oh, you're yeah. using. But dude, it was a white head and like a bright red marabou with like mm-hmm. an orange, bright orange tail. Yeah, it crushed. That's a very so I've noticed over time that red is something that typically gets brighter fish i don't know why or or what it is but like especially on like low clear days when you're you know there's fish sitting in this hole there's dark ones rolling all over but like that that color is just you know bright fish after bright fish you know and actually about the shrimp thing that day i went with grant sheely he's like he's telling me i put a shrimp on it you know because i'm in tidewater i'm like oh i'll just put a shrimp on it and then i got bit and he told me no it was because you had a shrimp on it and i'm like no dude it will work without a shrimp so then and then i missed another one and he's like oh it had part of a shrimp i saw it when you cast it and so then <laughs> so finally i finally hooked one on a bear jig and there might have been some profanity once or twice about hey, you got them. Yeah. And, uh, it still has the smell of it on the oils on it. The oils, the oils. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on the, that metal hook and absorbed. But, yeah, no, I mean, it's just, I think it's just being different, dude. Yeah. And, and, you know, and figuring out how to fish them and, you know, when to fish them. Obviously, I'm not going to go put them out in muddy water and, you know, sit in the back eddy mm-hmm. with a jig, you know. But there are times that it's going to outperform everything you have in your boat. So. Maybe we'll have something coming out soon. <laughs> There's a chance. There's a chance that we're working on something. Yeah. So, I don't know. We'll find out here soon. I'm ready to get back out there. I'm going Friday. No matter what, I got a guy in town from Minnesota. So, he's coming out to fish with me for a couple of days. So, we're going to... Put some dimples on the bottom of the boat. Yeah. <laughs> that pretty little boat of mine. You're going to row it down. Yeah. I'm going to pull it down no i'll probably go in tidewater i'm gonna bring my motor and put my kicker on it and probably go mess around yeah yeah i don't Nick doesn't row <laughs> my oars got stolen and for some reason i wasn't that pissed that was... <laughs> shut up <laughs> no I seriously yeah. you didn't get replacements i did I, oh. I just got them in the mail i went i went and stole them off my old boat i i, I gave my old boat to my brother and then uh I went and took his oars and oar locks because I'm like, I don't need it. I never use the oars, like, unless yeah. I'm, you know, in a weird situation or something. But for some reason, I was like, I better just put those in the boat. I don't want to <laughs> get down there. Have oars. Yeah, all of a sudden, my motor doesn't work yeah. or something. Yeah. I'm in trouble. It'd be the day. So I did get new oars just sent to me. New butt. Perfect. Nice. They're going to look pretty for a long time. They do. <laughs> 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 I barely ever use them. Uh, yeah, I don't. Frank, I don't think I ever see you rolling. I used to pull plugs all the time, man. Like, but 
now I can do that on my motor too. So, <laughs> Minko is awesome. <laughs> yeah, Minko's oh, they awesome. are amazing. I said to be to be fair, you should see how much I'm using the bow mount on my on my sled now. Like, it's just I don't oh. even. I, I mean, there's days I don't even turn on the kicker to control anything. I just, just let the, I just let the bow mount do it. Yeah, just yeah. running the batteries oh. dead every day. No, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To be honest, though, like you know, once I put that Minkota on my boat, it was game changer for everything you know false there's a lot of times you're sitting in fast current like especially for false you know and you're pulling plugs and there's fish stacked in a certain area and there is no way you're gonna row and hold yourself in that position no way you know and that minkota will just rip me and, right and, and do it quietly and, and quietly and, and, and that's complete the key. control and yep. you're not gonna like spin over the fish and have to go back to them. exactly and, yeah, and there's a lot, know, lot to say with that yeah and then you can just like once you're done slide over to the edge and go back up if you need to if you can you know mm-hmm. i mean it just opens up a lot of doors and like once you learn to fish on it it's dude it's a tool it's like it's like anything we do you know it's like you want to be proficient at what you do and and that's a, a tool that's been very successful for us so minkota for the win i just bought my third one <laughs> nice you just burn them up don't you yeah. no, when you run them as much as i do you need three <laughs> you need three oh my god oh, that's awesome oh. No, well, sweet. So when do you, well, I guess you don't know really this year when you're going to transition no. over to Steelhead. No, I usually. Has so, caught one yet? No, no, but usually this is yeah. the week mm-hmm. that I usually catch the first one, somewhere right in this time period. Last year it was November 11th I caught the first one, and then I didn't catch another one for like a month and a half. But, um, you know, I'll probably transition over the end of December. But if we, it's going to be weird because if we get this long dry stretch like we're having now, you know, and then we get a big flood or something, and you know, they we might could just be, be fishing there. Chinook for a while, and the steelhead could just boom be there. So be that's some of my favorite. Know. Like in a couple of the rivers we fish when we're fishing mm-hmm. for coho, and then all of a sudden we start catching steelhead at yeah. the same time. That's yeah. I love that. I know I'm the same way. Like it's and excuse me, but you know the first steelhead I always catch is on a big ball of bait, like just the stupidest bait you've ever seen for Chinook. You know, big egg, tuna belly, shrimp procure all over it <laughs> just the stupid little eight pounder eats it you know it's like so for whoever says they don't eat sodium sulfite i i beg to differ because no oh, yeah. many a steel no. eat my salmon cure you know maybe they don't eat it as good but <laughs> well sweet it's good to finally have you into another podcast yeah, dude if you got any trips coming up you want to tell people about yeah i'll be fishing in uh fall chinook pretty much you know through the first week of december i have a little bit open maybe four or five days at the end of the month so if you want to get those out, might end up being key days and too. those could be yeah, those like, could be like people don't days. even know like mm-hmm. i've kind of like I held a week open, and I'm kind of just, like, patching groups, like, moving them from, mm-hmm. you know, trying to hit it right. And someone's going to land on the money, and it could be at the end of the month. Who knows? You know, I mean, it's the way the weather's going. And I honestly think that we'll we'll be fishing into, like, the first week of Dece- December, consistent Chinook fishing. So Sweet. Yeah. What's your number if they want to get a hold of you? 503-484-4860. Sweet, or, guys. If you guys are our podcast listeners, give Nick a call. Get out with him. Especially for winter steelhead, because yeah. I know this year you better be blocking a couple days for me, or else I'm gonna stab you. We'll do that early. <laughs> Cam, do we have any hatchery and wild updates you want to talk about before we bail? Like quickly, we got a real couple quick. Minutes. I know we're gonna talk about those a lot on the live feed tonight, but yeah, we've got some pretty big developments. So first off, um, a couple of our directors are gonna meet with the economic study um, advisor guy tomorrow and actually launch it. So it's we've, go, we've we've gotten enough grassroots capital to start it. 
we need to get a little bit more funding. So for those of you guys that don't know, please check out our campaign, Hatchery and Wild Coexist at www.hatchery-wild-coexist.com. You know, is there a target? Like, is There There was $40,000 was the target, and we are over thirty. And we know that if we can keep the grassroots campaign kind of going, we know like when we need the money by drop-dead dates, we can also get that from companies. But... The other announcement that I have is because we're actually, that campaign is kind of going to start doing its thing with mm-hmm. the guys, with the scientists and yep. the guys that study. This is the economic study that pertains to hatchery fish within a basin. Mm-hmm. Um, this this information that's going to come from the study is going to be super viable. To us. It's basically going to say it's like when a state or when an entity puts 100,000 fish in a river basin, what are we getting economically from that? We know what we get from sport fishing. Yeah. But we don't know what we actually get when you drill it down and break it down to the hatchery mm-hmm. fish level. Are we going to do it per fit? Like, is it going to be like a dollar amount per fish type deal? Yes. Yeah. Yes, per hatchery fish. Yep. So, like, yep. when you look at Columbia fisheries and you look at stuff, you've got all these entities mixing it up. But when you take, like, the individual basins and you say, oh, if you put 100,000 hatchery fish in here, you actually can get, you know, 2,000 guide trips, 10,000 angler trips, you know, like, yeah. what's that dollar? Yeah. And that is going to be super important to us because at the end of the day, the legislative uh, branches and the people that are making these yes. decisions, that's what that's they pay okay. attention yeah. to. Yeah. Let's be honest. But with that... I think it'll be eye-opening, though. Oh, it will be. And there's a couple mm-hmm. other things, like with the Washington... There's going to be some assets that we're going to use, like with the Washington logbook thing mm-hmm. that's coming out. At the end of one year, we'll be able to see some of that data, too. So we're going to be able to compile all that together. The actual hatchery fish study should be about six to eight months total. So we should be seeing something in the spring. Uh, but we Very can walk cool. it the rest of the way there through like private funding and private donations. But if you guys would please support Hatchery and Wild, go to that website that I told you about. I'm sure there'll be a link <laughs> in the thing. But with that said, we are meeting with um, we are meeting with the producer of a couple other documentaries uh, next week. They've already done a couple meetings, and we basically got the guy and we've got the funding to push oh, forward yeah. on basically our little movie. That is basically going to take the artificial movie and tear it to shreds. And one thing we do want to note, I do want to thank you guys for going on Patagonia's website because basically Patagonia has come out with a statement basically addressing the Hatchery Wild Coexist campaign and they took the bait because basically they have said, well, you know, you guys just want hatcheries, but you're doing hatcheries in lieu of habitat and we have all these other things that we all want as anglers and it's like okay thanks for saying that because that's actually not the case we're not you know at the end of the day you know in a perfect world we don't want hatcheries you know what i mean so with that said i think they're feeling the pressure thank you guys make sure you're commenting make sure you're sharing out the campaign they're taking notice but more than that guys you can go complain and you can go put negative stuff on Mm -hmm. their their walls and you can do all that stuff but how you really Effect change is go to hatchery wild coexist.com yep. and donate some money. They need funding see, to be able to do these things, to be able to make these things happen. We have to have funds to make it happen. This was one of their statements from their main NFS guy says, Let's make an exit strategy for every hatchery and work together towards abundant wild fish. And we understand that, but the problem is what this guy missed is the fact that if we were to get rid of all the hatchery fish, we would be killing our southern resident killer whale population. Hundred percent, hundred percent, dead, question. gone. Yep. Like, and there'll be lots of other wild runs that would succumb to the extra additional predation and the habitat loss that we already have. You can't put the cart in front of the horse 
That's unfortunately, I'm still going to say it. These people are taking the easy way out. Yeah. Like they're looking at the problems. I mean, let's be honest. It's a death by a thousand cuts for all wild runs of salmon. Yeah. But we have to strategically not be closed-minded about hatchery fish and not live in this feel-good world and live in reality yep. and act in reality. Yep. So with that said, like I said, they're taking notice. We appreciate Like Marlon said, go to the website, donate, tell your friends, get the stickers, get the sweatshirts, support it, keep doing what you're doing. This campaign has taken hold. We have over 100 companies and entities signed on. And it's dude, it's, it's mind blowing, it's, guys. It's, I mean, it's awesome to see. It's the so grassroots. It's yeah. amazing, you know. And and mm-hmm. we're getting asked every day for people ask how can they help more, and we just say keep spreading the word. Spread the it's word. It's coming. Donate the word. a dollar, five dollar. It doesn't matter. Yep. Every penny helps. Absolutely. Yep. Well, cool guys. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate it, Pop Off. Thanks for coming in. Thank we got you. a we got Thank a live you. feed to go record right now, so we're gonna go do that. Oh, yeah. And uh, do not forget, leave us a review if you're on iTunes. I've been seeing a few of you guys leaving us reviews on there. That really does help the podcast kind of get out there to people. So make sure you leave us reviews, drop comments, thumbs up, all those good things, and we'll see you guys on the river. See you later, guys.